Amen, amen. Get in your Bible. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Miss Janet. I want you to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55 and verse 1. Once again, to all of you, it's so good to see you. To our guests especially, it's a great, great time to be in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's a great time to be upon the planet. Even in the midst of all the craziness, it's a great time. Listen to this verse out of, of Isaiah chapter 55. He says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and you shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. I want you to go back with me for, back into history with the prophet Isaiah that spoke this 700 years before Jesus would come. 700 years he spoke the will of God into existence. Church, I'm here to declare something to you today. We are in a new era of time. We are in a new season. Isaiah also prophesied in chapter 43, old things are passing away and everything is becoming new. He said, I'm even going to cause the desert, the dry, barren places. I'm going to cause water to spring up again and I'm going to cause it to blossom. For two years, if not longer, we have been under an attack, an assignment, whatever you might think it would be, but it has messed with everybody. It has messed with the church. It has become our focus from the political front to the pandemic. But it's time for the body of Christ to get your eyes back up and get your eyes on what God is doing and what God is saying because we are in a new period of time and great things are here for us right now. He says ho! Y'all know what that means? It's Let's put it in southern, southeast Missouri vernacular. Hey everybody! That's exactly what it means. Hey everybody! Come and buy. Come to the water. Who is thirsty? Come to the waters. You that don't even have money, come buy and eat. Come, yes, and buy milk and wine without money and without price. He says, it's time to come to me. I want to satisfy you. I want to fill you up like you've never been filled before. Now, Isaiah spoke this, remember, now, 700 years before Christ, and this is still even much further time out there, but I'm here to declare to you that it's time for us to access all the blessings of God. Hello, if you're not going to walk in the blessing, it's not God's fault. If you're not going to walk in your healing, it's not God's fault. 
If you're not going to walk in prosperity, it's not God's fault. If you're not going to walk in freedom, it's not God's fault. If you don't make heaven, it's not God's fault. Hello, because God has sent an answer and he has sent his plan into the earth. He said, come, come to the waters. What is he talking about? You that are thirsty. He's talking to two different groups of people here, and I'll explain both of them. The first time he said, come, you that are thirsty, come to the waters and drink. What does water represent through the scripture? What is water? We, we would say it represents the spirit of life. It represents the Holy Spirit, but it also represents refreshment. If you've been out here and dry, you're beaten at the wind and you're struggling and you can't make it through. He says, come, the waters are here. I want to refresh you. That's what the psalmist said in Psalms 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. What happens when I come to the water of God? It begins to refresh. It begins to restore me then he talks about it almost sounds like God is contradicting himself one moment he says come by without price and then he says come by and eat so he's talking about two different groups of people he's talking about those that absolutely have nothing you're spent you're burnt out you're wore out you're beat up you're broken down you haven't got anything I've heard people say that over the last couple of months and over the last couple of years I, I can't take any more of this I don't have anything that I can meet me to survive when I'm sitting with families as I have over the last couple of weeks with a dad that just lost two boys to, to suicide he's saying to me I don't know how I'm going to make it through I don't know what we're going to do. What was he saying to me? He says, I don't have. I don't have it within me to make it. I don't have the strength. He's the very one that God is saying, come to the water. But then there are those that may not be quite there. You've got what you think is plenty. You're gifted. You're talented. You've got money in your pocket, food on your table. You've got a shelter over you, but you're trying to find that which satisfies. You're trying to buy your way through. You think, I've got all this going for me, and it is going to be a sufficient thing. But he said in the word here, he said, why do you spend your money for that which doesn't satisfy? Why are you eating bread and you never getting full? He says, come buy of me now. I want you to trust me in this moment of time and let me satisfy your soul. See, both of those camps are in this room, believe it or not. Both of them are because we're trying to find our way, work our way. If I could just do this, if I could just do that. But he said, come, I want to give you water and I want to give you milk and I want to give you wine. When he's talking about milk, he said, I'm going to give that which is going to nourish you. That's what the milk does. If we're going to feed a baby and nourish a baby, what are we going to give them? We're going to give them milk because that becomes nourishment for you. Uh, there was even a time when, when people like Charlie of what he went through and, and Miss Jackie and some others had gone through it, got so sick they couldn't eat solid food. So what were they giving them? They were giving them milk products. They were giving them something like it sure something that would sustain them for a moment that's what God is saying I want to nourish you but then he said I want to give you wine he wasn't talking about the you know rosea down the road but he said I want to give you some wine I want to give you that of my spirit that will bring exhilaration 
He said, that which will exhilarate you, which means it will cause a feeling of excitement. It will cause a feeling of happiness. It will cause a feeling of elation. I'm going to go back to the word that was given to us this past Sunday morning through Prophet Tim Woodson. I believe when you start drinking of the wine of God, it will put a passion in you for the things of God, a passion, a zeal, an earnestness for the things of God you've never had had before he said come by matter of fact in verse chapter 54 verse 1 listen to what he says he said seeing O barren he said seeing O barren he didn't say wait till you get it to sing he said it's time to start singing church listen to me it's time for us to let go of the politics it's time for us to let go of COVID it's time for us to get our mind off of what's going on in the world and get our eyes upon Jesus get our praise back get our shout back get our dance back get our joy back it's time for us to sing unto the Lord he said stretch out your tent stakes Oh, barren, before you ever got it. He says, it's time to break out in singing. He said, cry aloud. This is chapter 54, verse 1. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. You know what he's saying? It's time to expect again. It's time to start expecting again. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when God's going to do it. I just know God is doing it. Come on, he's not going to. God is doing it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I just know God is moving. I know what God is saying. And God is saying to his church, it's time for you to sing again. Hello, not the blues either. But to sing his praises. Get that shout back. I'm not the only guy preaching this. A few moments ago, I was listening to Jensen this morning as I was coming in. And he's preaching the same thing, just saying it a lot better in a way. He was telling that great church. He was telling them, it's time for us to get our shout back. It's time for us to get our praise back. you got to understand, I've been there a few times. He said, it's, he said, I hope we start running around the church again. I hope that we start shooting bobby pins again. Because we're bucking and shouting all over. Come on, church. It's time for us to get excited about God. It's time. It's always been time. It's time for us to access the blessings. 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah looked into the future. See, we've been missing the prophetic words, and the enemy has messed with the prophetic to keep us from hearing what God is saying. And as we cross into 2022, God didn't say that I'm bringing you into to a lot of trouble, even though I've said it. This would be a year that chaos would be there. But I've also said this would be a time where the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. I believe we're in the time we're going to see the best of both worlds. You're going to see the enemy at his greatest, but you're going to see God at his glorious. Come on, somebody. We're going to see the hand of God and are seeing it in this time how do you know that he said because of what Jesus came to do you got to go back to chapter 53 every bit of Isaiah every bit of Isaiah is a prophecy about judgment but not only was it about judgment but it was about a restoration that would come because the Messiah would come and Isaiah of all the prophets of the Bible 
Nobody spelled it out any clearer, I think, in the Scripture than Isaiah did of what the future would look like and what the Messiah would look like. They said when he comes, there's going to be nothing about him. There's nothing about him that we would desire him or that we would even want him. Matter of fact, when you see him, he's going to look as one as though he was smitten and stricken of God. In other words, God must have cursed him because of what is upon him. But Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53, 5, but he will be wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquity, and the chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I'm here to declare to you like Matt said earlier. It may not look the way we thought it would come. But the reality is it come. And God is moving. And God is changing. And God is stirring his people in this hour. So he says. He says it's time for us to rejoice. Now, wait a minute, that was 700 years before he came. And then when you read on, for some of you that think we've been under the judgment of God for the last couple of years, I want to tell you something. Please hear me, church. We got to get out of this judgment. We got to get away from it. Matter of fact, can I even push it further? We know the world is wicked. But if all you're going to put your eye on is how wicked the world is, you're going to miss how good God is. And that has been the whole assignment of the enemy is to get our focus on how dark things are and seeing, instead of seeing how great God is. He said in chapter 50, chapter 50, I'm bouncing back through some of these chapters here real quickly. He says to the barren woman, I want you to sing. He said, it may look like I left you for a season. He said, it may have looked like that. I'm paraphrasing in Zach. It may have looked like I, I, had, I had left you and I was bringing judgment. But in verse 9, he said, For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah will no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. Wait a minute, God can't wipe us out because he made a covenant with Noah. He said, I, may, I bound myself that I will not destroy the earth like that ever again. But he said, it's like the water. When he says it's like, he's wanting us to pay attention to something. He said, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy upon you. And then he walks on and he talks about, he said, although you were afflicted and tossed with the tempt, I might as well read it. He said, I'm going to lay your stones in your colorful gems. I'm going to lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles rubies and your gates of crystals and your walls of precious stones. And your children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children and in righteousness you will be established there's some great promises you need to mark over what God has said about your family wait a minute he didn't say I was going under 
When he's talking about laying the foundations of precious gems, he's talking about, I'm going to make you so solid, and I'm going to bless you in such a way. How many heard this verse in verse 17? Listen to what he said, chapter 54. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Wait a minute. No weapon, but it feels like it, right? He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of their Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says God. Look at your neighbor and say, no weapons formed against us going to prosper. The enemy thinks it is, but he isn't going to prosper over us. He's not going to prosper. And then he starts giving us an answer. He said, now you've got to come to me. He said, you've got to come to me. He said, come and buy of me. Come to the waters. Come buy wine. Come buy milk. Come to me. Matter of fact, in verse 6, it says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon He said, come. He said, I want you to come to me. Why the opportunity? It's here now. I'm here to declare this is the time to run to Jesus. For whatever your needs are, this is the time to come to Jesus. Look at verse 8, chapter 55. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts than your thoughts. And then he gives us an illustrated sermon. And you need to pay very close attention to it. For as the heavens, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but waters the earth that it may bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall the word be that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me void but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I have sent it. He gives an illustration. When you look outside today and you see this, God's talking to you. You thought it was just because it's cold, and the weatherman said all these you know, atmospheric conditions are lining up. But every once in a while, God gives us an illustrated sermon. I think he does it with the birds. He says, consider the birds of the air. They don't toil, they don't labor, they don't sow. I take care of all of them. He said, not one of them falls from its nest that I don't know where it's at. And then I wash my car. You know where I'm going. I wash my car and it looks like, bam, on my windshield or all over my car. Sometimes I think, God, what is up with this? Sometimes it's God saying, I want you to get your eyes up where I'm at, off of your situation, for my thoughts and my ways are not yours. If I can take care of this bird that's here today, he's not going to be there tomorrow. If he falls from his nest, I know where he's at. If I can take care of him, I know how to take care of you. Look at your neighbor and say, he knows how to take care of us. So he said, as the rain and snow comes down, what does it come down to do? It waters the earth and it causes it to bud. For what purpose? Listen to what he said. To give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Then he says, so is my word. Don't miss it. As the rain comes down 
and the snow from heaven doesn't go back, but it comes to water the earth and to cause it to bud so that the sower will have seed and the eater will have bread, so is my word. You better catch what I'm saying one more time. As the rain and the snow comes down and doesn't go back, it comes to cause the earth to be watered and to bud and to bring seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So is the word that comes forth out of my mouth. So the word came and didn't go back. So when we think God isn't moving, we've listened to the lie of the enemy. Hello, Pastor, he did go back. Hang on with me just a moment, okay? Hang on with me. He done two things. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, according to John. Two things happened with Jesus. First of all, he left heaven to come to earth. Heaven came to earth for a purpose, to bring the life that you and I would never, ever get without him. So heaven came to earth. Here's two things that Jesus did when he came. He came first to conquer the things around us. When he left the heavens, he became flesh. He became man just like you and just like me. And so he came and dwelt among us for 33 years. He went through everything that you and I would ever deal with. Matter of fact, the Bible said that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Everything that this fallen world would throw against him, Jesus conquered it so that you could live above it. Hello? Hello? Think about it for a moment. He was in all points tempted. Like you and I are, he went through every bit of trouble. He went through every difficulty. How many has made this statement? Life just is hard. It is without Jesus. It is without the Lord. Many of you have said life is hard. It's just difficult. It was never meant to be hard. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation in John 16, But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He conquered everything this world could ever throw at you. He conquered it without sin. Everything. Every temptation. Every trial. Every hardship. Every... There was a few times. There was a few times. Jesus knew what it was to be in lack. Believe it or not. He operated as a man on the earth when he went through the time of fasting. When he was hungry and his body was feeling that, that was the time of of lack in his life, that he was feeling what lack would do with him. And he overcame it. When the enemy would bring temptation to him to try to pull him into everything under the sun. Are you okay? To pull him into everything under the sun, Jesus conquered it. Jesus overcome it. And how did he overcome? He would overcome like this. It is written. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but I live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He conquered it. He conquered it. But not only did he come to deal with the things on the outside of us, but he come to conquer the things that deal with the inside of us. And this is usually more than what is on the outside because it becomes in the form of pain. It comes in the form of loss. It comes in the form of rejection 
It comes in the form of accusation. It comes in the form of, of jealousies and so many things that was on the inside of him. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we could be the righteousness of the Lord. Think about that. Now, Isaiah was talking, that's what he was talking about. He will be wounded for your transgression. Bruised for your, see the, he will be wounded was the outside blow. But the bruising was the inside blow to deal with every part of our lives so that you and I could stand victoriously. So he came from heaven. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But he left, when he went back into glory, this is what he said. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he left his spirit in the earth among us. So it looks like he left and he must have taken everything with him or we wouldn't be going through this mess. But that's not the reality. He's still just as great in the earth today for it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. He's here. He's in the earth. It's hard for us to imagine that, but he's here. So then he says, he says, as it comes from heaven to earth, we used to sing this little chorus. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. You know what I'm saying? He came to show us, the, to show us. You didn't hear the song. He came to show us the way. So what does he do? As the rain comes and the snow comes from heaven and it will water the earth, it will cause it to be refreshed, it will cause it to blossom again. So that it will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. How did God determine that the earth would be taken care of? By seed and by harvest. You thought Kenneth Copeland made that up. Some of you thought a TV evangelist like Oral Roberts made that up. That was God from the very beginning of time. That was before sin and perversion ever came into the earth. For God created the heavens and the earth and he put a garden and he put a man there and the Bible said in the garden was every tree and every herb and this is what the Bible said that was good for seed. And he gave him a vision of the rest of the earth. And he said, now go fulfill it. So how was he going to fulfill it? By seed and a harvest. It was the same thing that he determined with Noah after the, after the flood came. The first thing that God spoke to him, he said, Noah, I'm making a covenant with you. As long as the earth remains hot and cold, summer and winter, heat Night and day and seed time and harvest will not cease. It's the first thing that he really brought to them. When they come up out of Egypt and they stopped at Sinai. And he had them build him a tabernacle. And then he said bring me, bring me a lamb. Or bring me a turtle dove. Bring me an offering. Bring me a seed. Bring it to me. What was he reestablishing? He was reestablishing how the earth would have to be governed. 
And it hasn't changed. It's still just as real today to be governed by seed. Matter of fact, how did you think you got here? In a turnip patch? You think you just popped up? You were a product of a seed that was planted into a womb that brought a harvest called you. It's how the whole earth, all of humanity, is to be governed is by seed and by harvest. It's His plan. It's His will. Don't miss that, church. I have, as the rain comes and it brings and it causes the earth, so shall my word. So shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but accomplish what I sent it to do. So what did God's word come to do? He sent his word to bring healing. He sent his word to bring deliverance. He sent his word to bring salvation. I probably ought to put them in different order. But he sent his word to bring freedom. He sent his word to get us to heaven. He sent us the word to give us full of joy. He sent his word to accomplish those things in our life. Pastor, I've heard this all my life. Then why aren't you further along? Hello, somewhere we've gotten religious. Somewhere we've let the enemy come and steal what we know to do. And we've got ourselves off course a little bit. And God's saying, I'm bringing my people back on course. And it's time for my blessing to flourish back in my house and back in my church and back in the lives of my people. Now listen, he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. I've questioned that a lot. That's all the way through the New Testament. You can go and Paul teaches it. You know, we live by to the measure of what you sow. I, I don't want to go there, but I want to make a point right here. He said those, there are going to be those who are, are planters, and there are those who are just eaters. And both of them are all right. Hello. But you don't need to eat all your seed. He said some are going to use it, and they're going to keep planting. And they're going to plant for a greater harvest. And they're going to see things that nobody else will see. And then he said that seed also will bring a harvest and it'll cause, he said, for it'll be bread to the eater. God's going to see that every need that we have will, will be taken care of. We will be sustained. We're going to be okay. So here's the real key that I'm going to land this jet with. And you can come back, Miss Janet. Here's where it's going to land the jet. So is the word that proceeds out of my mouth. So shall the word be that Jesus could not come until that prophet released it. Hello. Everything that God did from creation. He governed the earth with seed and harvest. But the first thing that came forth was the word from his mouth. If you and I only understood the power of God's, not just the power of your word, but the power of God's word. Jesus couldn't, every prophet from Genesis all the way through to Jesus come was doing one thing. They were telling the church, salvation is coming. Redemption is coming. Restoration is coming. They all saw it from a different angle. They spoke it from a different side of the tree, but they had to speak forth. This is what I believe God is saying, Miss Adrian. 
if you and I are going to see the blessing, it's not that it's not there. There's been a lot of stuff lately. I've been, I wouldn't say I've been challenged, but I've challenged in my own heart. Because I've seen, I've seen teaching like this, Brother Greg. Jesus did it all. He did it all. We don't have to do a thing. Well, it's true and not true. It's true and not true. Because the reality is Jesus paid for everything. He, he paid it all. He did it all. But can I just sit around and say, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. No. I don't think there's anywhere in the Word that gives us that clue. If it's God's will, I'll be prosperous. If it's God's will, I'll be healed. If it's God's will, I'll be happy. If it's God's will, I'll be righteous. Then why are you here? If it was all done, why are we here? There would be no reason for us to show up. We'd just go about, you could still be in bed. Matter of fact, you might be like Miss Tanya and Matt, where if they were home today, he would be probably making breakfast in bed for her. Right, Tanya? He's nodding and she's. <laughs> but why are we here if that's the case? Matter of fact, all that Jesus asked us to do first and foremost was believe. That's all he said to do. But, Pastor, we got to repent. You know what repentance is? It's just turning back towards God. That's all it really is. If we really, it's just, I got to turn back towards God. I got to come to Him. Then I got to, I just got to believe. I got to have faith in Him. That's what He's asked me to do. But pastor, what about all the other blessings? So shall the word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. He gives seed to the sower. He gives bread to the eater. I don't care how much seed I got in my hand. If I don't plant it, it's no good. If I don't put it in the ground, if I don't do something with it, it's, it's no good. Matter of fact, the same thing with word. You can have all kinds of knowledge, but if you don't plant it, if you don't sow it into your life, how do I sow it? I sow it with my mouth. So shall the word be that goeth forth from my mouth. So what should I be declaring in this moment of time? I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm the prosperous of the Lord. My children are healthy. My children are whole. But pastor, it's not that way. Remember what he said. Remember, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. You're going to try to work them in. You're going to try to beat them in. You're going to try to let them go through the hardship enough. They'll come back in. That's not the way God ever intended for any of us to come in. He intended for us to trust Him and believe Him. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that He's the Son of God, that He died and rose again, you can be saved. And all of these benefits, God said, can be yours. I have to access it. It don't mean I do nothing. It's not about labor. It's not about work. Matter of fact, it's really my worship. Do you ever think about that? Let me go back to the tabernacle for a moment. Remember I said a while ago when he come, brought them out of Egypt, brought them to the tabernacle? Because they were, they, were, they were used to watching idol worship of all kinds of things being laid on altars from children and everything else. God said, I don't want that. This is what I want from you. 
God said, I bring me a bull. Bring me a lamb. We could look at it as a sacrifice. That was their sacrifice unto him. But the reality of it was, when they brought it to him, it was their worship. You know what one of the greatest ways of worship is? We, we, I love what we do. I think that's great. But even greater than that is that I give him what he is saying. That I come back and say, Father, you said this. When I come back and I'm offering to him everything, I couldn't help but think years ago, my, my wife's dad is a, uh, he's a perfectionist. He's a, he's a, a, a real craftsman with his hands. And he builds a lot of furniture and he does stuff. He's done that over the years. He's done it for our kids every Christmas. He builds them toys and he's done that every year. And you go to his garage, go into his shop, no exaggeration. You could probably have Thanksgiving lunch on the floor. I mean, it's clean. Everything is in its place. That's how he functions. But he's got this book. In that book, he's got everything that he's bought. He's got all those, those warranty papers. He's got the dates. He's got all. And not only that, but he's got pictures of everything that he's made. He takes pictures and he's put it, put it in that book. And one day we were over at her brother's house. And her brother's gifted just the same way. And he goes to one of his cabinets and he pulls off the shelf. And he was doing just like his father. He pulled it off the shelf, opened it up, and here's all these warranties, and here's all these pictures. You talk about making a papa proud because son is doing exactly what's, what father was doing. There's nothing greater in the place for you as a parent than for your children to mimic everything that you're doing. It's one of the greatest worships you can get. He said, as the rain comes down and the snow to water the earth and does it, so shall the word be that comes out of my mouth. Church, one of our things, if we valued the power of the word like we valued our medicine, our world would be totally different. Don't, don't, don't answer me. And I'm talking to me. But some of us live by a clock and a timer to, medica to medication. And this word is once or twice a week. And usually somebody else declaring it to you. I'm putting me in that cabinet. That it's too easy. If I truly valued what was in this word and what God said, that if I will speak this word, Miss Joni, what would happen? You think, where am I going to live at? Where am I going to be at? Man, y'all really looking at you want to hurt me now. I'm glad. Y'all go care of pass. So I'm going to have to run to the car. I don't want to fall down. But the reality is we don't value the Word the way that we ought to value the Word and not only value it, but keep it in our hearts and not only keep it in our hearts, but keep it in our mouth. And matter of fact, he didn't just say keep it in your mouth. He said meditate on it. I dream. Some of you are dreaming this way. A few weeks, me and Diana got dreams of going to the beach. We're dreaming of a beach dreaming of sitting on a balcony and listening to the waves dreaming of 70 75 degree temp 
Some of y'all saying hallelujah. We're dreaming about it. We've been looking for it. Come on. That's what he's saying. I want you to do with my word. I want you to dream about it. I want you to, I want you to see it. I, I want, God, what am I going to do with your abundance? God, what am I going to do with all the surplus that you want to bring into my life? What am I going to do with all the health that you're going to give me? He wants us to dream about it, but not just dream about it, but speak about it. Because it's time to access it. It's time to access it. It's time for us to walk into the fullness of everything that God has. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I hope it's not coming that way. That's not the intent. But God gave us an illustrated sermon. He said, as the rain comes down. So my question for you is, what's coming out of your mouth? How are we changing our world? Seed, harvest, using the word. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 4, there's a parable that Jesus spoke of about the seed. And he said the sower went to sow the word. He said the reality was it wasn't that the word wouldn't do what it would say. But he gave four examples. He said the first thing, there's an enemy that's going to come and steal that word from you. He's going to do everything he can to steal that word before it ever gets planted in your heart. Some of you even right now, sitting in this room, listening to this message, the devil sitting on the other shoulder. You think he can hang around? He's right. Don't pay attention. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Don't. He doesn't want that word to get seed in your heart. Then he said, there are those, he said, this word was sown among the ground, but because there was no earth, there's no death, there's no stability, because we've been like a yo-yo, that, that word is having, it seems like it's not being able to take root and produce what it's supposed to do. And then he said, it's the ground. He said, it got in, but there's weeds. There's stuff that's been choking out the word. It's not that it's not there, but then there's that that fell on the good ground. It fell upon that ground that had been tilled and been prepared. And he said, some of it brought 30. Some of it brought 60. Some of it brought 100 fold. You know what I believe? I believe the word is always working, Miss Denise. I'm just not always seeing 100%. Charlie, you're not 100%, but the word's been working. It's still working. It's still, Pastor, it's still working on you. Miss Sherry, it's still working on you. You that are in this place, it's still working. It's still working. You may not have everything you want, but I tell you what, if it wasn't for God, there's no telling. I might be like the lady that I passed by when I, when I picked up Michael this morning, sitting, sleeping on a park bench, wrapped up in more blankets than what you could ever imagine. I'm not there, thank God. You're not there, thank God. The Word is still working. But the more you speak it, the more you till the ground, the more you deal with it, the more the manifestation of God you see. Listen, it's not about works. It's about believing. It just works. It just works. And it'll work for you. All I can tell you is, It's time to access the blessing of God. We're in a new season. We're in a new time.